morning and happy Monday, you guys. It is Amanda and Baron, the ABCs of KSLM Radio. And you know what today is? 2024. Oh my gosh. It's it a is. whole new year. It is well, a happy whole new year, happy you guys. Happy new year, people. You know, I didn't make any New Year's resolutions or anything because I just... I'm a big advocate of not doing a resolution because what I think they'll do is that they, about the 23rd of December, they go, I need to lose weight. So they make a resolution to lose weight, but they don't make a plan. They don't make it. It's just a, a, I'm not a big fan of resolutions either. Make a goal, make a plan, get started on it. Yeah. I think maybe I want to do a little, I want to travel a little bit more. And by travel, I mean, go to the coast an extra (laughs) time or two. (laughs) So let's take the word resolution out, Amanda. Today is January 1st. What, what do you want to do in 2024? I want to make more relaxing trips because a lot of our trips that we do and vacations are going to the sand and riding. And I've seen the picture of you guys in the sand. And it's a blast, but it's not, um, it's not, it's different than when you go and get a hotel at the beach and just unwind and just walk the beach and have a good time like that. And so So, so I want to make more trips like that. I'm going to give you a recommendation. Okay. I go go to Florence, go a little farther north, this town called Yahats. Okay. Okay. It's a little tiny town north of Florence and then get a hotel right there on the beach. And the reason I tell you that is you're used to the sand. This has got rock along the beach. Mm Mm-hmm. And as high tide occurs about 2 o'clock in the morning, it's really loud. Okay. It's actually pretty amazing to look out your hotel windows as the sea comes crashing on the rocks. Yeah, that would be cool. And it's, it's, it's relaxing in a whole different way. Okay. So there's... So that's what, yeah, gosh, you threw me for a loop there with the New Year's. <laughs> Do you have any goals? Any goals for me? Um, I'm excited with what Kicking Cancer is going to be doing this next year. Yeah. I'm working alongside Mickey and some oh, things yeah. in Vancouver. But I really want to be able to go to a couple. I want to get two more started this next year. Okay. Vancouver being one. I want to see two more of them get started this year. All right. And Look. just work alongside someone to help those little communities get started in Bend or Medford or yeah. wherever God wants it to go. Absolutely. All right. Well, you guys, happy New Year's, and I hope everybody had a really safe, fun time last night. Yeah, well, safe will tie into our next story. Oh, yes. All right. Dan Bongino, welcome, and happy (laughs) Monday. See you in a half hour, guys. Good morning, you guys. It's Amanda and Baron. So we have... A less than pleasant story to bring to light. Yeah. And I think this needs to be brought to light. Mm -hmm. It was a difficult one for me to even read through. Yeah. Well, do you want to try to read through it now? Um, well, we let's let's just touch on bullet points. Maybe okay. unless you want to read some, it's well, I difficult think the, I for think me. the headline by itself yeah. says a lot. Which so, is... And this is from the Salem... Reporter. Reporter. Yeah. So anyone can go find this story if you want. Mm-hmm. We, we found the Salem Reporter. DHS offers a record $40 million settlement of a lawsuit from abused foster children. Mm-hmm. $40 million lawsuit settlement. Now... I'm not, and as you listen to this story, I'm not saying these kids don't deserve it, but here's the reality. DHS didn't pay them anything. Right. You did, I did, every taxpayer in the state paid them. Mm-hmm. There's some underlying things that we should talk about, but let's just dive into what went on here. But yeah, so it looks like there's four children um, that will be getting this lawsuit, and um, it they were housed here in Kaiser, Oregon. Um, and it looks like this stuff happened between 2011 and 2013. And according to the article, the case stemmed, it started, I'm started in 2011 
when the Oregon Department of Human Services certified Melissa and Casey Miller, who are a couple that live in Kaiser, to be foster parents in a 900-square-foot house. That's not a very big house. Um, the first two children arrived in the house in December 2011. Yep. The younger one, two, started showing signs of abuse within the first month. So and this is January 2024, which mm-hmm. means, what, 12 years ago, this yeah. two-year-old was showing signs of abuse. So that included bruises, marks on his face, ears, neck, ribs, legs, um, which is just bizarre. Um, The agency, which DHS, uh, disregarded numerous reports and concerns about the children, including calls to the uh, child abuse hotline, is what the lawsuit said. And that's concerning to me, that they they got calls of concern and they disregarded, and that's concerning to me. Mm -hmm. The older kid is a five-year-old girl, and she was showing signs of sexual abuse, and they were also ignored. Yeah, it said um, instead the agency worked with the Millers to uh, work with visits with their biological mother, which is kind of odd. Doesn't really solving the problem. No. Then we jump forward to 2013, and a three-year-old foster child was placed in the home. So they added a third kid to this 900-square-foot house who was also showing signs of anxiety and physical injuries and distress. Jeez. During one agency visit of their home, the agent's caseworker saw a lack of cleansiness, safety hazards, which included cobwebs, mold, peeling paint, and dangling power cords. DH plus a fourth kid in that house. Because why not? Why not? Why not add one more? My goodness. First, it's like DHS, you guys are getting multiple calls of reports. Um, They have lots of multiple hospital visits. You do a home walkthrough and you're not pleased with it. So you know what? Let's place a 10-month-old baby with you that can't advocate for themselves. Well, I think we should let Dan do what he does and then have our Whew. Okay, let me cool down. You're in on fire now. Hey guys, it's Amanda and Barron, and we are going to continue with this DHS story of the 40 million lawsuit settlement um, for four children that were placed in a home here in Kaiser. And I think um, that it's important. We've we've the last half hour we picked up the, the three kids. Yes. And uh, the records are out, so it's Melissa and Casey Miller who lived in Kaiser. It's a Melissa, very local story. Yes, Casey is in, currently incarcerated, which we'll get more to that in yep. a second. And Melissa is. Still out in the community. But the fourth, so we weren't here with the other three. There's a fourth kid who's a 10-month-old girl, and she was taken to the emergency room in 2013 with seven fractures in her arms and legs. Absolutely bizarre. And so the police came and they um, interviewed Casey Miller, who then told detectives that he yanked the child's arm and heard a loud pop. Uh, so in other instances, grabbing the child's wrist and legs roughly. And she's 10 months old. How do you... 10 months old. If you're grabbing that hard, there's there's just... I just there's, don't get how they even were allowed to have a fourth child in a 900-foot-square-foot home yeah. with multiple visits to the emergency room with all the other children. Well, at that point, police did arrest Casey for criminal mistreatment, a felony for the physical injuries withholding medical attention because he didn't take her to the hospital. But after all of that, he only got 36 months of probation. No, no jail time. (laughs) During his 36 months of probation, two years later, 2015, one other foster child who was at that point in a different house disclosed sexual abuse from Casey. 
And in 2017, another kid disclosed some other sexual abuse. Now a full-on case is coming at Casey Miller. Mm-hmm. What was the result of that? So in 2017, Casey Miller was sentenced to 30 years of prison for sexual abuse. And then Melissa was not. And I... I don't want to make accusations against Melissa. Um, I don't know her. But if you're watching children be abused like that in your home. Say something. Speak up. If you don't speak up, then you are just as guilty as the abuser, in my opinion. Well, it does say that that $40 million is being split up because kids because they're now an adult age. Mm-hmm. But this is a very unfortunate story about a community, Amanda. It is. Hey guys, it's Amanda and Baron, and we are on our last segment. Okay, so Baron, you actually tagged me in a post on Facebook just well, the other day. I think this day. is kind of an intriguing series of numbers, if you can play that out. Yeah. Read it out. Okay, so I'm going to read through this. Please bear with me. I'm not the best. Okay, it says, please understand what not using cash is doing. Cash is so important. Why it would be better to pay cash everywhere when we can just use banknotes instead of credit cards. And then it says, I have a $50 banknote in my pocket, going to a restaurant and paying for dinner with it. The restaurant owner then uses it to pay bills for the laundry. The laundry owner then uses the bill to pay his barber. The barber will then use the bill to pay for shopping. After an unlimited amount of payments, it will still remain a $50 bill, which has fulfilled its purpose to everyone using it for a payment. And then the bank has jumped dry from every cash transaction made. And I think that at the start of that, you said that there's a, a bank note in your pocket. Right. Which is a term people aren't used to hearing, but a, I, bank, a bank note is a bill. Okay. A $20 bill, $50 bill. That, the only reason that's called a bank note is the bank actually has the money and the, the paper is the way we transact. Okay. It's an old term. We don't use it much anymore. Okay. But, it kind of threw me. You know, it threw me too when I first read it. But what it's saying is that if I have a $50 bill in my pocket... And I pay for my meal with the $50 bill. Now, the restaurant owner has a $50 bill that he then gives to his supplier. And the $50 bill keeps moving around. Yeah, and right? remains a $50 but bill. But it's still a $50 bill. But, Correct. But what happens, Amanda, if I pay for it with my credit card? Okay. I'm this, so glad you asked. This is a different scenario. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I come to a restaurant and pay digitally, card and bank fees for my payment transaction are charged to the seller at 3%. So, around $1.50. And so, then that fee will be $1.50 for each further payment transaction or owner, re-laundry payments, the owner of the laundry shop, the barber, etc. Therefore, after 30 transactions, the initial $50 will only remain $5. And the remaining 45 become the property of the bank, all thanks to digital transaction fees. Now, if anyone is paying attention, there's a lot of push right now for us to go to Apple Pay. Yeah. And that Apple makes that 3% you're talking mm-hmm. about. Or Chase Bank or whatever bank is getting that 3%. And yes, it's convenient. It's really easy to take my watch and just tap it and pay for my money. But my $50 is now $5 after... Yeah that many transactions and the only people making money on a on a cashless society 
Is the banks. Are the banks. So I'll jump down here. So it says, for example, $50,000 in sale. And so let's say one month they make $50,000 in sales and 90% are by card. They are paying $1,500 in fees for one month. That's $18,000 a year that comes out of small businesses. So paying for cash can go a long ways. And and the unfortunate thing is is that we have gradually gone away from cash. And there are businesses that will actually look at you like, why are you paying with cash? Mm -hmm. But cash is still king. We need to remember that. Yes, it is. All right, you guys. Will you have a blessed New Year's? Hope everything has been fantastic. We'll see you tomorrow. Welcome 2024. Yep.